And let's pray as we prepare our hearts to look into God's Word today. Lord, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the one that stands outside of time and history. Lord, you see it all. And as we read your word that was written so long ago, but that is so relevant to us today, that still speaks through your spirit, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to comprehend, and allow your spirit to plant those seeds deep within us, that we may grow in you and you in us, all for your honor and glory. Amen. Went to a restaurant the other day, had to wait for a table to become available. Don't like waiting. Then they show you to your table and you have to wait again before they'll actually bring the menus to you so you can decide what you want to eat. Then you have to wait after you've just made your decision for the guy to come back to your table so that you can tell him exactly what it is you want to eat. And not only that, there's always one irritating person that's with you that takes twice as long as everybody else to decide what they want on the menu. It can be only two items. They would still take twice as long as everybody else to decide what they want. And you know what happens. They always choose what they always choose. But they think that they might have something different, that this, out of all the days in their life, they might actually branch out into something they've never tried before, but eventually, no, I think I'll just have the scampi again, because it's safe. Then you wait for the meal to come, and it seems like it's ages, and you look around, and you see these people dashing all over the place, because it's busy, and so you wait, and you hope that the food is not waiting as long as you are, because then it'll be cold, and you'll have to send it back. Then, of course, they come and they say, well, would you like wine with your meal? And if you say yes, then it seems like they have to go down to the local Safeways or somewhere to go buy it for you because you have to wait again for them to come back. And by the time they come, they say, would you like to try it as if you were going to say no and then let them go through the whole process all over again. So just pour it for me, please. I'm sure it will be fine. Even if it isn't fine, I'll drink it because I'm that thirsty. So the meal comes, and it's very nice, and we're sitting there having a nice time together. So would you like desserts? So you can't order desserts at the same time that you order the rest, so it'll be ready just to follow on. But you say, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, there's no harm in looking at the menu, is there? No calories in just looking? So then they disappear, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and... Uh, did you remember that we were going to have desserts? Oh, sorry, sir. They come back with it, and you just think that's, that's five or off the tip. And they come back, finally, with a dessert menu. And the same person who took twice as long as everybody else now takes three times as long because they don't have to not only choose the dessert, but what kind of coffee they want after the dessert because there's so many to choose from these days. It used to be simple, didn't it? Coffee, tea. Now there's like 15 varieties of tea and 25 varieties of coffee. It's complex. Finally then, you get your dessert, 
And eventually, when they bring the dessert, they say, would you like coffee with your dessert or do you want to have your coffee after your dessert? Just bring it, please. And then, of course, there's that long period then where they're really busy running around all over the place. And you have to wait for the bill. Yes, we'll bring it soon. And finally, they come with the bill. And about three hours later than you'd planned, you manage to get out of the restaurant. thing what I can't understand is why they call those people that are at your table, like the ones that bring all the food, the waiters, when we are the ones that are waiting so often. Seems a bit odd to me. You know what you really need? Because sometimes it can stress you out so much, you need a little bit of patience. Let's take a parcel to the post office. Haven't got much time in the day, but you know you can squeeze it in and you get to the post office and what do you find? Because all the local post office are closed down, Harrow Town Centre post office, there's a snake as long as an anaconda in there, going backwards and forwards. And there's, you, you just scan all the people on the serving hatches. They seem to be having conversations about, I don't know what. But they're obviously talking to local customers that they know very well asking all about their family and their friends and everything else. And you're waiting with your package and you're thinking, I haven't got time for this. And you see other people waiting and they start looking at the clock and they start getting agitated and they start like this. And then a few of them disappear, which is good news because then you can step forward a couple, you know, and, and you think, I'm, I'm just maybe 10 minutes closer. You know what you need? You need a bit of patience. Get a medical checkup. Doctor listens in one of those headphone things. Stick it on your chest. Says, ooh. I think you better go for an x-ray. Nothing to worry about, I'm sure. Thanks. So you go up Northwick Park and you go for an x-ray. So when am I going to find out? Well, we'll send you the details. We'll, we'll, we'll write to you. So every time you hear the letterbox, is that the letter? No, it's another flyer for pizzas that you didn't really need. You know what you need? Patience. Patience. We could go on, couldn't we? Patience. You've been praying for some good friends, maybe family members, because you love them and you'd love for them to come to know Jesus. And every time you see them, you think, Lord, are you going to answer my prayer? Am I going to see a glimmer of hope? Are they going to ask me about something? Are, they, are you going to light that spiritual flame within them? And every time you come away and you say, no, we just talked about football again. I'll keep on praying, but it's been years. What you need? 
Guess what we're talking about today? We're talking about gentleness. I just thought I'd let know. Colossians says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with patience. With patience. Patience is hard, isn't it? I mean, some things patience really easy. I'm, I'm, I can be as patient as I like about things I don't care about. But the things I care about, it's tough. Patience is hard. And it's so easy to become impatient. Clothe yourself with patience. Patience comes from a Greek word. Anybody read that? Macrothumia, which means macros, which means far away, and thumia, which means anger, heat, or rage. Patience is where the ability that you have in a, in a stressful situation to, to put your rage and your, your anger, those, those negative feelings, far away. When you're in that post office queue and you start to get agitated and it builds up inside and you know it's building up. It's the ability in that moment of stress to be able to take those and, and throw them far away. That I'm relaxed. I'm patient. I'm not getting stressed out. My anger, my, my rage, my frustration is not building up within me. But it's far, far away. That's patience. One of the best passages on patience, we actually read this as a, as a staff team on Monday. Kind of ironic, isn't it? Been going through the book of James together as staff members here. And on Monday, we read this. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Amen. So let's look at this together. Be patient, it says in this passage. Firstly, be patient when circumstances are outside your control. And it uses an example of a farmer. You know when, if you've got a, a garden, when you plant seeds, what do you do? Well, you, you plant them and then you have to wait. You can sing if you like, but it doesn't really help them to grow any faster, I haven't found. Perhaps it's just my voice. But you rely then on the preparation of the soil, the nutrients in the soil, you rely on the rain at the right time, or if there's not enough rain, you have to water it. You rely on the sunshine. You rely on so many things as a farmer that are outside your control to help these plants to grow. You can't control these things. You can get stressed about them, but you can't control. And in life, there's so many things that we can't control. They reckon 70, 80% of the things that we worry about are things that you, you can't control. They're outside of your ability 
to do anything about it. I can't control the speed in the post office. I can't control when they're going to send the report through the post. I can't control so many things in life. And yet we become impatient. And it says here, first of all, be patient when you realize that you know it's outside of your control. Those are the moments where you need to learn patience. Because what we try and do in those moments is often to control the situations, to figure out a way in which we can grab control of that. Standing in the post office queue, if, if only I act a bit weird, maybe more people will just leave, you know? If, if I complain to the manager in the restaurant, may, maybe I'll get better service. Or if I stick a 50-pound note on my forehead and say, this is yours if you just hurry up. We do all kinds of things to try and control the situations that we actually can't control. And then that leads to stress and to worry. James, he says, first of all, be patient when you realize you can't control things. Look at the farmer who has to wait and pray. Control, be patient when people are unchangeable. Look at the prophets. The prophets were there sent by God to speak the word of God to the people. Now, how successful were the prophets? Well, some were, I guess. Many weren't. Many got so irritating to the people that the people just did away with them. Doesn't pay to be a prophet. Because people didn't like what they were saying from God. But how many people really changed? Well, you think about Moses with the people of Israel in the wilderness. How many of them really changed and went, you know what, Moses, you are right. I'm going to change my attitude from now on for the next 40 years. Doesn't happen, does it? Oh, Lord, we're in trouble. Help me. And then as soon as I'm out of trouble, I'm back. To the same pattern again and again and again. There aren't many Jonah situations where he went to Nineveh, said what God told him to say, and everybody changed. And then he was unhappy because he wanted God to wipe him out. But there's not many of those situations where people change, where, where, where you go into a situation and you say something to them and you see change like that. Has that ever happened? Very rarely. Sometimes you see real gradual little steps. But you have to be patient with people. We don't change quickly, do we? Any of us. Very often. We grow slowly. We change slowly. It's hard to change. And some people, some people just refuse and say, I'm not going to change. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care what you do to me. I'm not going to change. How many times have you known families where there's been broken relationships? And you hold out every now and again an olive branch and you say, come on, this is ridiculous. Let's try and fix this. And it's just thrown back in your face. Sometimes in families, they don't even remember why there's the division. But the division is there. It's been going on for generations. And they say, come on, 
No, I'm not going to do that. So you have to wait, and you wait, and you wait. Be patient like the prophets when people won't change. Maybe in the way they should do, but they just refuse. He says, too, be patient when problems are unexplainable like Job. Did God answer Job's issue? No. Why am I suffering? Why, why have I lost family and friends? Why have I lost my finances and my fitness? Everything's gone. Why, God? Why are you doing this to me? God doesn't answer him. His friends try to answer him. But all God said is, they don't know what they're talking about. You're right there, Job. They have no idea. You see, friends will try and rationalize everything, but, but what happens is God reveals himself to Job, but he never answers Job's question. Why are you doing, why is this happening to me? You won't find the answer in the book of Job. And many problems that we face, many challenges we face are unexplainable. Why do some people sail through life and other people struggle through life? Why is it some people are healthy and others are constantly sick? Why? It's not fair, is it? They're not because they're any better or any worse than anybody else. It's just that some people... Why, why are some bad parents have wonderful children and some wonderful parents have bad children? It's not fair. Why? Some of life's problems are unexplainable. And God says in those moments, you've heard of Job, be patient. Be patient. Why? Well, it goes back and it says in verse 8, because God's coming is near. Be patient because... In some way, shape, or form, God is ultimately in control. Somehow, in some way, we will see how God is true to his word. God controls history. God is outside of it all. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Beautiful psalm, apart from those few little verses at the end. Apart from that, let's get rid of those. It's beautiful. And in verse 16... Let me read it. Verse 16, he says this. Let me start. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Then he says this, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. Everything, every day, it says, has been written by God. He's seen it because he's outside of time, and we can't really understand that, and we can't really get a grip of that. But the word says that's true. And so we are patient because ultimately everything is in God's hands. 
It's under his control. And that throws up a whole load of other questions to us. But today, I just want you to focus on that one fact. Somehow, in some way, God is in control of your life. He knows what's happening. And so we can be patient because we recognize that, you know what? God hasn't abandoned me. God hasn't left me. And somehow, in some way, the purposes of God will be fulfilled. Think about David. David, who was anointed king. And then what happened? Everything went pear-shaped. And he ended up fleeing away into the wilderness. And he's waiting and waiting and waiting. God, why? Why, why couldn't you just anoint me king? I become king. You know, Saul suddenly, I don't know. Perhaps he just died naturally in his sleep that night. I was anointed. I become king. Problem solved. We all live happily ever after. But no. He must have been there. He was there in the wilderness. That's where we get some of the Psalms from. Lord, what are you doing? Why? How can this be? Why, why am I out here struggling? Why, when you've made these promises to me, I don't see them. I don't understand when they're going to be fulfilled. Am I going to be 95 years old before I become king and then just for a week and then I die? Like, how's it all going to work? He had that patience to wait and go, you know what, God? You've made the promise and the promise will come true because your promises are always true. They're yes and amen. And so I will rest in your promise. I don't know when. But until then, let me wait patiently. Let me not get angry with you, but throw anger far away so that I wait for you. Why be patient? Because God is in control, but because God rewards patience. What's the end of the story of Job? Well, the end is that he's blessed more times than he was at the beginning. That when we are patient, it says, Back in the book of James, as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. There is a blessing that comes when we are patient. When we rest, when we trust in God in that way. Our character grows. Book of James begins, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance or patience. And patience must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's that maturity that comes in that waiting time. Our character grows. It's probably the best grounding for growth that we need to learn in those moments and grow in those moments. It's why when you go to school, all those school teachers will tell you, when you go to school, they don't put you straight in for the exam, do they? Oh, good, you're in day one. I've got other things I want to get done this year with you guys, so let's just stick you in for the exam straight away, and then that'll be fine. No. You have to learn, you have to grow, you have to mature so that you are ready when you take the exam. You're ready on that day in May, June 
time when it comes around. And sometimes that will take a number of years to grow to that level of maturity. But we need, and so we need patience. Patience to grow, patience to understand as we do in our own lives. And because we learn about the character of God as we grow. Verse 11, it says, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And we need to remember that not yet from God doesn't mean no. But God wants us to understand who he is. A delay doesn't mean a denial of what you're asking God for. You know, when we have children, they grow with so many not yets. Ten-year-old Michael, Dad, let me drive the car. What do you think I said? I hid the keys. Why? Because he's not ready. Can you imagine a ten-year-old driving up and down the street who can't see, who's not big enough to see over the steering wheel? Can you imagine the carnage and the cost? But the no is not no, you're never going to drive. He's a better driver than I am. The no is not yet. You need to grow. You need to mature. You need to be in the right place. Then you can drive. And we do it with children, and yet we wonder why, why God doesn't. I prayed, give me the answer, give me the answer, give me the answer. And God says, maybe, maybe you need to grow first. Maybe it's a not yet for you or for me because we're not yet ready to receive what he wants to give. We haven't grown enough spiritually. We're not mature enough. And so we have those trials of waiting to help us to grow. And in that waiting, we learn more about the character of God, the compassion of God, and the mercy of God. So how are we patient? Well, the word says, firstly, wait with expectancy. Like a farmer. A farmer doesn't just plant the fields and then goes off to the south of France for a holiday and goes, well, can't see anything, so what's the point? You wait with expectation. You know if you've planted something in your garden. What do you do? You go check it. Oh, I can see something. The earth moved. I can see a little thing coming out. The, I don't know what they're called, a little stem coming out the ground. I can see something. And it's exciting when that moment happens. And you see something starting to grow. I love those amaryllises, don't you? They grow from nothing and then... Right? It doesn't happen overnight, though. You see it coming up, and then, then you see the bud coming, and you know what's happening. You know what's going to come, and this radiance of color comes out. And then it dies away, and you think, I wonder if something, and then you see another one coming up, and you go, you know what? I'm going to wait for that one. Have that same expectation. You know what? God's going to answer your prayers. The Lord's coming is near. Some... It's, it's, it's there. God is going to come. Have that expectation. Don't get discouraged. Don't let doubt have a foothold in your life. So often that's when doubts come in, when our prayers are not immediately answered. Oh, Lord, well, maybe you're just not listening. Maybe this, maybe that. God says, no, wait with that kind of expectation. Secondly, wait quietly. 
Somebody said this, when you get up in the morning, do you rise and shine or do you rise and whine? It's a good question to ask, isn't it? When you go out, do you, is the first thing on your lips? Or is it praise the Lord? It's windy, but the sun is shining. What do you do, rise and shine or rise and whine? It says, wait quietly. Don't grumble or complain. Verse 9, don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. You know why it says that? Because what does grumbling show about your faith? If you're grumbling all the time, what is it really saying about how much I trust God? That God can't deal with this situation? God's not going to deal with this situation? So I have to grumble and complain about it? It really is just showing you, when I grumble, what my heart is really about. If a wife is constantly grumbling about a husband or a husband about a wife, what does it say about their relationship? If you're constantly grumbling about a friend or a neighbor, what does it say about your relationship? It's showing everybody else what's going on on the inside. He says, wait patiently, wait quietly. God will answer. God is hearing and will answer. Rise and shine, don't rise and whine. And lastly, he says, wait confidently. Verse 11, the Lord is full of compassion and full of mercy. Rely on the character of God. God is a good heavenly father who loves to give good gifts to his children. We pray, we will pray again today, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know the next bit? On earth, as it is in heaven. God, do your thing here as you do your thing up there. That's a statement of fact. It's a statement of truth. It's a statement of the promise of God. Jesus said, this is how you pray. God, do your thing here as you do it up there. Does God have any problems in heaven about doing whatever God wants to do? No. Does he have any problems here? Well, we make a statement to say, do it here like you do it there. Rely on the character of God. And see the character of God shine. As you wait. Patience is hard. That's why the Bible says, you know what, be patient. What do you need patience for today? Patience for a situation that you're going through, a struggle. Patience for a relationship that, that you're struggling with. Patience in one of those unexplainable problems which just doesn't seem to make sense. What do you need patience for today? Then ask the God of patience to help you to throw that anger and that frustration far away. Because when you do that, he will fill you with his peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and then the peace of God 
which passes all understanding will be yours. So let's pray. Father, we're impatient in so many ways. We're impatient when we drive often. We're impatient when we go to restaurants. We're impatient with people. We're impatient with situations. Lord, teach us your patience. We want everything now. And when it doesn't happen straight away, our expectations so often go awry. Teach us to be patient, to wait on you. Be still and know that I am God. Help us to trust in your promises, even when we don't see very clearly. And Lord, in that time of patience, it's not just a waiting time, but as we've seen, it's an active time. Teach us what you want us to learn. Consider it joy when you face trials and those times of trial where we need to be patient, we find so hard. But use them to teach us the lessons to grow stronger in you, stronger in ourselves and stronger with one another. Whatever my brothers and sisters are struggling with today, wherever they need patience, Lord, bring it into their lives. Bring it into mine. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.